Hi, hello, and welcome to The Notebook Nook with me, Mera. This is a place to unwind and reflect on our day-to-day -day lives, sprinkled with some bookish convos and, of course, some stories of my life. If that's something that sparks your interest, you're more than welcome to join the venture that I call The Notebook Nook. Hi, hello, this is Esmeralda Mimera, and welcome here to my podcast. I am going to be talking, and I really want to give you guys a brief little trigger warning. I understand that we are in very difficult times right now, and especially for the past year and even present. There's been a lot of people who have lost loved ones, and yeah, it's kind of a difficult time right now in regards to grief, and this particular episode is going to pretty much talk about grief and losing somebody and just memories you know and the whole idea or the concept of passing away and if this in any way or any form pretty much triggers you right now at the moment um, i completely understand if this is an episode you may want to skip um, there is other prior episodes you guys can definitely listen to but i do like to give that trigger warning for anybody out there um, but yeah, so I'm going to begin. So my memories right now that I wanted to talk about, because it's going to be very significant in how it actually plays into my life right now. Some of the memories that I wanted to talk about is actually about my grandfather and how he got ill, how we ended up losing him and that whole experience, how it was me growing up and being in high school and things just kind of... I don't know, you feel almost like your world is crumbling and you're losing something that is so precious to you. And so that is something that I wanted to talk about. The experience that I had, something that is very, I still to today say it's kind of odd. So first, I am going to begin talking about my grandfather. This is my mother's dad. Um, mainly because I did grow up with him and he played a very huge role actually in my childhood and you guys might have already noticed in prior episodes that I have mentioned him and how he had this farm and had this orchard, an apple orchard and just huge vegetation and vegetables and stuff like that. that um, it's something that was his pride and joy. Growing up, like I said in prior episodes, um, we used to go to Mexico and we used to visit my grandfather. Eventually, they got their paperwork and they ended up moving here into the U.S. and basically joining his children and living over here. And it was really great to have my grandfather over here. It's like he didn't have to worry too much about farming anymore. He had a more relaxed kind of life. He didn't retire. Um, but one of the things that I do remember my grandfather is he loved to smoke. That was a habit that it was very difficult for him to let go of. And so me growing up, I always knew my grandfather having a cigarette in his hand and a Coke, a bottle of Coke on the other hand. So that's something I always remembered when it comes to my grandfather. And I even remember when I was really young that, of course, you know, you grow up, you go to school, you have that, um, at least here in the U.S., they do a program called D.A.R.E., D -A -R -E, and it's pretty much a program to kind of explain to kids, you know, the effects of drugs and how to stay away from them and avoiding peer pressure and everything. And even cigarettes, you know, that was something they would mention about. And I remember my grandfather, like, as I saw him smoking, he was the only one who I knew who actually smoked. And I remember just, like, really trying to help him to stop smoking. And I took it upon myself one day uh, to hide his cigarettes. And he did not find that very um, 
good. <laughs> it was one of those things where he was so upset. He wanted to know who's the one who hid the cigarettes. Eventually, I did come forward and I said, here they are. And I explained why, you know, I was worried of losing him and I didn't want him to get sick. And I knew he would have these little coughing fits every once in a while. And he understood that and he said he was going to try to cut back, uh, which I want to say he kind of did because I remember growing up, I didn't see him smoking as frequently as he would. But then again, I don't know if that was because I was at a certain age that I was out playing around and maybe I wasn't noticing it as much. Now, one of the things I do remember about my grandpa is that he, I don't know, he had these amazing stories. He had a way of teaching you things and life lessons and stuff like that. And I am so grateful that I was able to experience that with him. I remember one time as he moved in over here to the United States, he did have his own house with my grandmother. And eventually he actually ended up moving next to one of my aunts. This was up in Chicago and, you know, this was like a big move for them. And I remember sitting down because they were packing. My mom was helping my grandmother pack. And I remember my grandfather at this point, there wasn't really any chairs at the house. Everything was already moved in regards to that. And my grandfather was basically sitting down on the floor, leaning against the wall. And we can hear my grandmother talking on the phone and saying, yeah, you know, we're well, almost done packing. This house is going to look brand new. It's going to look even better than when we moved in. And she was so proud of how well she was cleaning it and kind of keeping it very well maintained. And my grandfather starts laughing. He goes, yeah, sure. You know, especially with all these holes in the wall. Sure. This house is like pretty much like brand new. And he kind of giggled at that. And I started to laugh and I started to giggle at that idea because I realized like he's right. Like <laughs> they do have a lot of, you know, holes in the wall from where they did the picture frames. Not big holes, by the way. These are little small, like the ones that you put nails in because they would put a a lot of family pictures up yeah so I remember giggling and laughing in that point and I don't know why I just thought that that moment was just so wholesome um, especially with my grandfather and seeing his kind of silly goofy side and of course my grandma eventually was like what are you laughing over there and my grandfather oh no nothing nothing oh nothing of course and we started to just laugh it was just like such a funny moment and another moment I do remember is one time when he came to visit my mom and us. I remember my mother had this huge deck when my father built it. And out in the deck, I remember my grandfather was sitting out there. And of course, as regular, he was smoking a cigarette. And I remember sitting right next to him. And he had this little container, this little glass container. And in that little glass container, there was this little mercury in there. And I guess it was from, I don't know if it was a thermometer or something. I, I forgot where he got that from, but he was just there, you know, flipping it back and forth. And I told him, what is that? And I asked him about it. And after that question actually came a big lesson about mercury. And that's actually how I learned not to be messing around with mercury and how it needs to be inside that little glass that he had it in. And that, you know, we have to be very careful not to break it because he can go into the ground, Mer the way mercury kind of moves and everything. So I learned some very good, knowledgeable, scientific kind of stuff for my grandpa too. And yeah, I just remember, again, that was another moment that was just so wholesome and just very, I don't know, tender, I guess you can say, when you think about, you know, a grandparent teaching their grandchild some knowledge. And so here I am as a little girl, just amazed at how much my grandfather knows. And I was just like, wow, like you really know about Mercury and everything. And he would explain some stories about him and his experience with Mercury back in Mexico. So those were really, really great experiences. 
But eventually, later on, my grandfather's health did deteriorate. He did have multiple strokes, but the one stroke that really changed just the whole dynamics of our family and everything was one time when he decided to go for a walk with my grandmother. And they were walking around their neighborhood, and eventually he just fell. And my grandmother started yelling for help, and eventually help did come. The ambulance had to take him, and that is when we learned that he had a really bad stroke. He lost movement in half of his body. Um, he wasn't able to close one of his eyes. It was very, very detrimental to our whole family, and especially to him. And this actually set off the course of where eventually he ended up being bedridden. And even after that really huge stroke, eventually he had other strokes. And we almost lost him a few times after that. And it was very, very scary for the past couple years after that situation. I remember I was in late elementary kind of school, middle school. And I don't know. It's just every year it seemed that he would get worse. And it was something that was kind of devastating for us. And I remember my sister and I, when we used to go there during the weekends, well, at least I used to always visit during the weekends, especially in the summer. Um, but during the school year, my sister would always come and live with us for the week. And during the weekend, we would take her back home in Chicago and so for us going back and forth all the time every time we left uh, my grandparents place because eventually it got to the point to where my grandparents ended up not living in their home and they ended up moving in with my aunt uh, this was a lot more easier to kind of help my grandfather with his health and I remember there was a point where now he couldn't even really sit on his wheelchair and now he was more bedridden and one of the things that we were taught was how to learn to use the machine that would clear my grandfather's airway so he wouldn't, you know, choke on anything and because he wasn't able to use those kind of muscles, you know, to kind of clear his throat. So it was a continuous kind of thing to do. And for us, we were never grossed out by it. We never were put off by it. We instead felt that we were helping in one way or another, especially if we can, you know, provide that kind of help while my grandmother was either cooking or cleaning. And we loved it. We loved being next to my grandfather. We would be watching, you know, soap operas and stuff like that on the TV. And we would sit on the couch next to his bed and have that experience with him. And, you know, truly my sister and I really did enjoy those moments with my grandfather. But one of the things that we did have was that every time that we left Chicago and we would head back home here to Indiana, I remember that right before we left, one of the biggest things that we would always do would give my grandfather, uh, attempt to give him a hug, but it was more like a handshake and we would always give him a kiss on his forehead or his cheek. And I remember every time when I would do this, I would look into his eyes and I can see his hazily kind of eyes and I would always tell him I loved him. And even today that I think about it, like I'm like, oh my God, I still remember those. It almost feels as if I'm there. And there was a point in which I have just so much regret in my heart that I wish I could have had changed the way um, I would have been at the very last moments of my grandfather's life. And that was because I remember the very last day that I ever saw my grandfather alive. I remember saying my goodbye, but we were rushing. We were running kind of late. And I remember my mother saying, hurry up, you know, we got to get going. We got to get going. And I remember in that day, I didn't have the opportunity or better yet, I didn't put 
the amount of effort that I probably should have put to give him that handshake and to give him that kiss on his cheek or his forehead and tell him that I love him. But I remember on the doorway looking towards him, I immediately said, Grandpa, I love you. I'll see you next time. And I remember him waving his hand and I wanted to extend and really grab his hand. But like we were all rushing out and eventually, you know, we got into the car and we ended up heading back home. And I didn't feel okay. And same with my sister. She didn't feel okay. And we both were just thinking about it, how odd it felt not giving my grandfather a handshake and a kiss on the cheek or the forehead. It just felt not right. And it really bothered us to the point of where that night we decided, you know what, because we also were reflecting on how my grandfather has been feeling and how he's been having a lot more incidents of just, you know, with his strokes and how his body was pretty much reacting and how he could barely do a lot of things. And so we were reflecting on that and how we remembered our grandfather when we were much younger. And eventually we said, you know what, how about we pray on this? And I know there's people out there who probably don't pray or don't believe. Um, they have different beliefs in regards to spirituality or even religion. And I completely understand that. Uh, me growing up, I always believed in prayer. And till today, I still do believe in prayer. And that is one of the things that me and my sister decided to do. We sat down, I remember, in our room. And as we were sitting on the floor, we decided to pray to God. And I remember saying the words of, because we both decided that we're going to just learn to let go. Because I feel like, not just her and me, but I know our family. We were so afraid of letting go of my grandfather. And it was like, he was just this big, huge thing in our lives. And... It was scary to even think that one day we wouldn't have him here on this earth. I don't know. It really kind of gave us this thing of like how we were holding on to him, even though he himself clearly was not doing too well. And there was a lot of scary moments in which we thought we were losing him months prior to this. And so we just decided, you know what? If it is meant for him to be in a better place without suffering, then we're willing to let go. And that was our prayer. It was more of just telling God, thank you for the opportunity of letting us have my grandfather in this world. And that if it's for the better for him, then we are willing to let him go if that is what it's meant to be. But that if it's not, then I hope that we have much more time with him and to give us maybe that opportunity to give him more hugs and kisses and talk to him more. And we ended up, you know, going to bed and early that morning, it really just kind of everything hit us. My mother came into our room and with very sad eyes and broken hearted, she told us that my grandfather had passed away. And it's still, I'm sorry, guys, it still gets me very emotional. And it was a very difficult news to receive because for me and my sister, it wasn't just that he was our grandfather, and I know that hurt a lot of our family members, our cousins, our aunts and uncles, um, and my grandmother. I know this was a huge pain that we were going to be receiving, but I think the fact that me and my sister that night before we sat down and we pretty much said that we were willing to let go, that we were willing to accept that if my grandfather 
meant for him not to suffer. We were willing to let go. It felt for that moment, I felt, and I'm pretty sure my sister can probably relate to this, but it almost felt as if we brought on his passing. And that was something that it was so difficult for us to accept and to comprehend and to put into words and put into emotions. It was just this thing of like, did we do the right thing? Did we not do the right thing? We would think to ourselves, did we have this intuition that something was happening? And maybe that's why we felt that we needed to sit down and pray, which that wasn't something typical that we would do. And it felt so odd that we felt the need to do it that night. And I think the thought of knowing too that we would not get another chance to give him his handshake and to give him a kiss on the forehead and the cheek really was difficult, very, very much. And I understand that maybe there's a lot of people out there who've also dealt with grief and the loss of someone. And even suddenly, you know, something unexpected. It's very, very difficult uh, to really comprehend. And the reason why I'm bringing up this particular memory for myself, it's actually because in therapy, I would tell my therapist about certain situations that I knew was happening to me growing up. And I'm talking about experiences in regards to where I felt that I was the weird kid or the oddball out or the misunderstood girl, um, somebody who had these uh, certain situations and scenarios happen to me in which I could not really explain exactly what they were. Um, at times it felt like they were kind of visions or there were these odd dreams that I would have and I could not explain them at all. And it really intensified last year and even the beginning of this year. And I remember telling my therapist, you know what, I feel lost. I feel like I... I am losing my mind. Like I feel like maybe I am I'm truly probably losing my mind because of these experiences that I'm feeling. And yeah, so eventually I think she understood exactly where I was coming from and she had explained to me that she recommended that I read a book called The Light Between Us. She said I feel that you're going to be able to relate to a lot of the things that she puts in this book. And I said, oh, okay, well, who is she? That actually the author's name is Laura Lynn Jackson. She is known to be a psychic medium. I understand that for some people, um, they don't believe in these types of situations, psychics or mediums or anything like that. And I, and I get it, you know, um, especially because some people, they base a lot of that on their own personal beliefs or their own experiences or the notion of seeing as believing. And you know what? We are all entitled to our own perspectives and beliefs, and I am completely open to that. And I hope that as you're listening to this episode that you guys are open. The reasoning probably why I believe in them. I believe in psychics. I believe in mediums. I believe in people who have certain visions and dreams and so forth. And probably because I do believe in that is because I've experienced them myself. And I am going to be making more further episodes explaining this and my experiences and telling you guys a little bit more about myself. But I feel like this is a right time to kind of start bringing that up. But back to the book of Laura Lynn Jackson. So she does have this book called The Light Between Us. And in this book, she explains everything of how she became the person that she is today and her experiences that she had to go through in her life. So I can definitely relate to a lot of that. And that's why I was like blown away that just even for the first chapter, 
I was immediately connected to this book. And again, I'm not, you know, in any form affiliated or sponsored by Laura Lynn Jackson or anything like that, or even the publisher. I am not. This is just my own personal experience and kind of an exciting journey that I'm about to tell you guys here as my episodes progress here in my podcast. This is how I had to start it. So in this book, there is a first chapter and it's called Pop Pop. And that was the very first chapter that I read other than the introduction. And it blew me away, you guys. I was like, oh my gosh, she had a very kind of similar experience as me. And the reason why that is so similar to me is because of the experience that I had with my grandfather on the day he passed away and the night before. She had a similar experience with her grandfather who ended up having leukemia. And she was swimming in the pool, I believe, with her brothers and sisters. I can't fully remember too much, but I know she was in the pool and her mother was going to go visit the grandparents. And immediately, Laura said she ended up feeling this sense of just dread. And she immediately was like screaming to her mom to wait, to wait. And she got out of the pool and just insisted that she go with her mother. And eventually, her mother, you know, ended up taking her with. And Laura was able to actually experience another day with her grandparents she had a great time with her grandfather and her grandmother and it was these moments that she said she remembered and of course i believe it was weeks afterwards from her having this experience her grandfather did pass away and yeah so then afterwards knowing that laura how she felt and she questioned a lot about what she was going through she was like wait a minute like what was these these dreaded feelings i was feeling and why did I feel that so much? And the next thing you know, my my grandpa passed away. Like, did I know? Could I have prevented something? And should I have said something in that moment? And it's, I understand those feelings completely. I can definitely relate to those feelings. And that is actually why I brought that up because of how much I can relate to her. It's as if you have a sense, like a mysterious sense of knowing, like she puts it. It's like you knew something was coming, but you just couldn't put your finger on it. And that was kind of that experience. And she would explain further on that as she grew up, odd things would happen to her. She would have this weird sense of intuition or when she was around certain people, it's almost as if she had their energy or this kind of sense of knowing this person further and even knowing if this person, you know, this individual was a good person or a bad person or they were going through something or if they were sad, she felt it in a deeper kind of sense. And I can relate to that as well. And it just felt like, wow, I'm here reading a book of pretty much almost the biography of Laura Lynn Jackson and how relatable her story was to mine and how similar it was to mine and how I always thought I was I don't know, I guess, odd or weird for even having these feelings when I was around people. There was points where I just felt like if someone was super sad, I almost felt their own sadness, their own, like, it's like really deep into your core. I cannot explain it. And I do want to say that I do believe, like Laura, uh, that we all probably have some form of psychic experiences in our lives. And if you want to believe that, it's, you know, it's on you. I know some people probably don't believe that, but I really truly do believe that everyone has a form or a sense in one way or another of having these experiences or even feeling these things. And I really do want to stress that the reason why I really had to bring this whole experience with my grandfather up is because it really opened up at least my eyes 
to the possibility that I probably do have this intuition inside of me. And even though I didn't want to see it then, now looking back at that experience and looking back at a lot of the experience that I actually had growing up, I'm like piecing everything together and it just makes so much sense. And I now realize that I am not this weird person and that my feelings are valid, my experiences are valid, and the perspective that I have now in life is due to the fact of those experiences and those things that have happened to me. But this is actually going to give you guys a little bit more as to what's to come here in my podcast and certain conversations that I may bring up, or I may bring up uh, spirituality probably, as well as some odd psychic kind of stuff. I, I, You know, it's so difficult for me to even say the psychic word, to be honest with you, especially when it comes to me. I I don't know, maybe it's the whole idea of a specific label or something. And maybe because I still don't fully understand or know who I truly am, and I'm still discovering these things about myself. But that's actually what I wanted to kind of bring here to my channel and also bring a little bit of paranormal situations that I have been through pretty much. And it's very important for me to even bring Laura Lynn Jackson into this conversation because through her books, I have been able to kind of comprehend more of the type of person who I may or may not be. You know what I mean? Like I am able to now be like, oh, wow, so I'm not the only one experiencing these things. There's someone else that is telling me that I am hearing these experiences and it just seems very genuine. Um, sometimes there is certain mediums or certain psychics that I actually see online and it's only through the screen, you guys, or I listen to them and there's something kind of off, you know what I mean? Something seems a bit not, doesn't seem to click. But then there's others that I feel this just wholesome, this genuine kind of feeling coming from them. And that is actually what I get from Laura Lynn Jackson, which is why um, I may bring her up a few times here in my episodes. I feel that it is really necessary to bring this experience up because, like I said, it's going to definitely shine a little bit more light into what has been happening to me currently and how I actually was able to piece so many things together now. And I hope for those listening that may have experienced a high sense of knowing or even had unexplainable experiences that they just cannot explain how the situation happened. You know, like it's one of those things where it kind of leaves you baffled. Just know you're not alone and that many people in this world probably have experienced things that they cannot comprehend. Things that are out of your control or things that even scientists may not be able to explain. You know, it's still something being learned and researched. That's all I want to let you guys know is that you're definitely not alone. And I do want to leave this by saying a few sentences from the book, The Light Between Us. And this was in the portion of her introduction to the book. But she says, to be honest, if the astonishing things that happened in my life hadn't happened to me, I'm not sure I'd believe they were possible but they did happen to me. So I know they're not just possible. I know they are real. And she's so right. You know, in some situations, I know for some people and able to believe things, they do have to see it. They have to experience it themselves. And I have to be honest, if I hadn't experienced the amount of things that I have in my lifetime, I probably would have been a little bit skeptical, to be honest. So yeah, um, at the end of the day, 
I just hope that you guys come in with an open mind and definitely willing to listen to my experiences and things that have pretty much happened in my life. And they're very, very interesting. And I wanted to share that with people because I don't know if this can probably help somebody else because currently right now, I don't have a mentor. I don't have anybody that can help me through this process other than my therapist and just listening and hearing to Laura Lynn Jackson. Like I feel like I'm almost kind of alone, but the reality is that we're not alone in this. In one way or another, when we are meant to get certain messages or meant to experience certain things, they will come and we will go through it. And yeah, that we truly are not alone. And I'm so, so glad, by the way, and I want to have a huge shout out, especially to my husband, for being so understanding and so open-minded to the experiences that I have had. And yeah, and just not to think me as being this weirdo, because believe me, growing up, I thought I was the weirdo. And in fact, no, we are all so different in our own way. And we all have so many life experiences that mold us to the person that we are today. So yeah, you guys, wherever you guys are at, I hope you guys are all having a wonderful day. And of course, I am sending some major high vibrations out your way with good, optimistic, positive vibrations. And yeah, and I hope that you guys are all staying safe. And until next time, you guys, bye. Mm -hmm.